Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Amen. Well, many of you would know that I have uh, a great love for a passage in Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians 3, 14 to 21 is an apostolic prayer, a prayer that Paul prays for all believers. And I grabbed a hold of this prayer and I, I personalized it and I prayed it in faith every day for three months, knowing that the Bible said, whatever I ask according to his will, I can have. And I knew this had to be the will of God for me because it was for all believers. So I'm like, right, I'm gonna have this. I was such an insecure person, desperately needing to be rooted and grounded in the love of God. It's a prayer that talks about knowing Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith. It's a prayer that talks about being rooted and grounded in the love of Christ, to be filled up to overflowing with all the fullness of God. And then it goes on to say, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask, hope, or imagine. To him be glory in the church in Christ Jesus to all generations. Amen. I really believe it is a prophetic roadmap for our times. For the last 20 plus years, we've been in a season where there's been an outpouring of the revelation of the Father's love where we've been receiving revelation of our identity, of what it looks like to have Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith, that it's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us, hallelujah. The glorious revelation of identity, of freedom, of forgiveness, of the love of Christ, the perfect love that casts out all fear, hallelujah. And the church has been bathed and washed in a revelation of the Father's love. Well, I believe there is a shift in season happening right now. And it is that now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. I really believe that there is an overflow coming. Now as the the children of God are waking up and realizing the truth of their identity, I believe we are stepping into a new era. A new, a whole new era where people are going to see without limits. They're going to dream without limits. It's a, it, I believe it's a day of the manifestation of the sons and daughters Amen. of God rising up to see the kingdom of God established on the earth with governmental authority. Hallelujah. And so I want to share with you a little bit today, uh, tonight, about what it looks like to walk in governmental authority. We are created in the image of the one who created the world with his words, hallelujah. God spoke, light, be, and it was. Now he says, as he is, so are we in this world. And so we are also given the uh, responsibility to speak and to decree a thing. We can see that when uh, the disciples came to Jesus and they were um, terrified because there was a storm. Remember the story? And they went and woke up Jesus who was sleeping in the boat. And what did Jesus do? He got up, he spoke to the storm, he he rebuked the storm and he, he commanded peace to come. And the storm was stilled. 
But then he turned around to the disciples and said, and instead of saying, oh, well, good thing you finally woke me up, we could have died if you hadn't done something sooner. He turned to them and he rebuked them for not doing what they asked him to do. In other words, he was trying to wake them up to the reality that they were given the authority in the natural realm to take authority over spiritual things and over natural things to speak just as he got up and spoke. And the Lord is waiting for the people of God to begin to arise, to begin to see afresh with the truth of the knowledge that we are not called to be little orphans, but we are called to rise up into the maturity of sons and daughters of God who recognize that we have been given the keys of the kingdom and God is inviting us to come into agreement with the conversation of heaven and to decree your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. F.F. Bosworth used to say that faith begins where the will of God is known. You know, Jesus knew, the disciples all knew, it was not the will of God for them to perish in a storm. If you attribute every difficult circumstance that you're going through to, to God, then you won't act with authority. Jesus didn't rebuke a storm that God had brought on them. The enemy comes to steal to kill and to destroy, but God comes to give life and life more abundant. We can know the will of God in many circumstances. If someone is sick, we, can, we don't have to be turning ourselves inside out. Well, is it the will of God or not? I don't know, is it the will of God to be, for them to be healed or not? We can know it's the will of God because we can see it clearly in the life of Jesus. Everyone who came to him for healing without fail, he healed them. He healed them all. It's the will of God. God came to give life and life more abundant. He says, with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. Uh, he says, forget not all my benefits, who heals all your diseases. It's the will of God for healing. So we can have confidence when we know the will of God to speak and to decree a thing. And so it's important that we become familiar with, with the Father's voice through the Word of God, knowing Him intimately through the character of God. You know, God doesn't ask us to have faith in somebody that we don't know. So that's why we have, as it says in 2 Peter 1, that we have everything pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him, which means through our connection, through knowing Him, we become, uh, knowing him who is love, faith works by love. We know him, we have confidence in him because we know him personally. We're not applying a formula where we're operating out of a relationship where we know him. We know him, we know that God is for us. We don't just, we haven't just heard that God is for us. We know that he is because he walks and talks with me and puts his arm around me, hallelujah. He interprets my tears, he, he is for me. I know it not just because I've read it, but because of, like, I've experienced it with the comfort of the Holy Spirit in my everyday life, hallelujah. And God is looking for a people who know their God. For those who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. Amen? Mark 11, 22, 23. We had to go there. 
says, have faith in God. Selah, pause and think about that. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, I believe there is a gift of faith being released among the body of Christ who have come to know the love of God, who become so rooted and established in the love of God that they have now no condemnation and their hearts not condemning them are now empowering them to ask whatever they will knowing that they are walking in perfect harmony with the love of God, with the, the will of the Father. Hallelujah. So God's asking us to start taking the word of God, not as a distant one day maybe we could do that, but as a revelation of an invitation waiting for our response. That when we read this passage, it's not, some, it's not a high water mark that one day, one day I'm gonna speak to mountains and see them move. It's a, it's a description of what it looks like to be someone who has received Christ into their life because we now have the faith of the Son of God. Hallelujah. So it's not a one-day thing you'll be able to once you get strong enough in God. It's a case of humbling yourself and receiving what you can have no part in earning and simply believing in the goodness of God, the love that God has for you, and the delegated authority he has given us, not because we've earned it, achieved it, or been promoted up into it, but because he loves us and it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Hallelujah. I wanna share with you um, tonight something that the Lord's been having on my heart for quite a few weeks now, and I've been noticing uh, throughout the body and people I've been talking to, there's been a significant moving of the Holy Spirit where people have begun to enter into travail. Now, the scripture talks about the Holy Spirit uh, groaning within us, interceding through us in perfect harmony with the will of the Father, perfect prayers coming through us in groanings. You know, there is a, there's a thing I like to call liquid prayers that happen sometimes, where there is a sovereign move of God on your life where you begin to intercede with tears, with groanings, that is a supernatural experience. Has anyone ever, anyone know what I'm talking about? It's a divine, supernatural, intercessory travail. And I want to uh, read to you a passage that we've been looking at from 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41. It's the story of Elijah. He's just had um, the victory on Mount Carmel. And the, the land has been in a severe drought. I know of another nation that has been in a severe drought. Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. Elijah heard what hadn't yet happened. 
In the prophetic, we are called to be seeing what is not yet and starting to bring it in through our declaration, through our travail into the natural realm. Hallelujah. As prophets, we are not called to turn and criticize the church and tell them, hey, you should get with the program. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. But to getting with the church, to be, be coming alongside and travailing, interceding, decreeing. The Bible talks about the, the importance of the gifts working by love. And if we truly love the people we are prophesying to, we aren't just going to deliver a word. We're going to walk with them and pray through it. Cindy Jacobs once said that um, not all intercessors are prophets, but you can't be a prophet and not be an intercessor. And that God delights to use us not only to get information, but to be moved with compassion to exercise divine prophetic authority, governmental authority to see a word come to pass, to wage war with the prophetic words spoken to us. So he's hearing the sound of the abundance of rain before it's begun. Hallelujah. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. <clears throat> and Elijah went to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed, his, he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, go up now and look toward the sea. I want you to think about that picture of the prophet on his knees with his face in between his knees. It's a position of birthing. Yes, yes. It's a position of deep travail. Yes. And he wasn't praying like an orphan. He had already prophesied the rains are coming. Yes. He'd already decreed that this is what's happening. He's already heard what's happening. So now he's getting in a position where he's saying, right, we're going to birth this in prayer. We're going to travail. We're gonna, I'm going to keep praying until it comes. Now, I believe the Father is inviting the church in Australia as he is starting to open a door. Even in the natural government in Australia, God is waiting for the body of Christ to step through the door and begin by travail to take the ground that is being offered to us. We have, an, we have a responsibility not just to stand back, but to push through. When God opens a door, we have still got to exercise the free will and the determination to go through the door. <clears throat> so he gets down with his head between his knees. And he tells his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. Why? because he is absolutely fully expecting to see the rain. So the servant went up and looked and said, there's nothing. And seven times he said, go again. You know, sometimes after the third time, we've prayed, we've prayed, nothing seems to be happening. God is looking for those who don't grow weary with well-doing, but uh, who will prevail, who will travail, and who will persevere. For in the end, you will reap if you faint not. Prophecy is not inevitability, it is invitation. And it's an invitation waiting for your response. Where else are you gonna go? He alone has the words of life, like Peter said. When things got difficult and Jesus said, are you gonna go too? Peter said, where else are we gonna go? You alone have the words of life. 
when you know you've heard from God, when you know that in the character and the purpose of God, it's written in the word of God, there's an invitation. You can know that the will of, you can wage war with the will of God. And you can begin to say, I am not letting go until you bless me because I know your word says this is what you're going to do. So I'm going to stay here. I'm going to keep looking. I'm going to keep looking. I'm going to keep looking because it's coming because you said it is. Then it came to pass the seventh time. You know, and seven also represents the day of rest. I believe that we need to come into a place where we are, as we are travailing, as we are praying, that we enter into a supernatural rest that's not passive, but peaceful. That's not passive, it's not panicked, but it's peaceful. A solid knowing that's resting in. The, the, the harder it gets and the more difficult it seems, the more you are able to move into that peace that passes understanding, that confounds the people around you. I'm sure the servant was getting frustrated with him, going, I have looked, I have looked, I have looked. How many more times do you expect me to run to the other side of the mountain, master? But he had a supernatural peace. Hallelujah, microphone, better, yes? A supernatural peace. And the Father is looking for us. If we're gonna birth these things in prayer, not to be praying like orphans. Not to be begging, oh God, come on, we've been praying for so long, when are you gonna move? Why aren't you doing something? Starting to present our credentials to him. God, it's so dry, we really, really need it, please have mercy. But instead saying, you said, you said, you said, ask for rain. You said we could ask whatever we will. You said, speak to the mountain and be removed. And he is looking not for your pleas, but he is looking for your faith. He's looking for people who will step up in faith and believe what the Lord is saying, amen? Amen. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go again and look, I'll keep praying. No, that's not what he said. He said, Go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariots and go down before the rain stops you. He knew the moment he saw it, he went, right, it's on. You know, as prophetic people, we need to stay ahead of what God's doing. We need to stay ahead of what we're seeing in the natural and go with what we are seeing in the spirit and start making preparation to call those things that be not as though they are, knowing in faith that that is what's about to come. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. There was a supernatural acceleration that happened after he got down and was in that season of travail. The Bible says those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. 
God is wanting to release a supernatural strength for a supernatural acceleration. I tell you, we're in a season now where the Lord is going to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask, hope, or imagine. A lot of people have thought, well, I can't wait till we get back to the time of the book of Acts where Peter's shadow was healing the sick. But I can tell you, the heart of God was never that we would just regain what has been lost over the centuries, but to give us double for our trouble. That he doesn't wanna just bring us back to the book of Acts. He wants us to go on from glory to glory and strength to strength. And he wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask, hope, or imagine. That is, the miracles that you've read about, God wants to do what you haven't yet read about. He wants to do all that you read Jesus doing and greater works. The heart of the Father is not for you just to regain what's been lost, but to have double recompense for your former shame, pain, and disgrace. Hallelujah. And so Elijah's prayers, his Elijah's travail brought about a shift in season. And I believe there's a divine invitation right now for many people to engage with what is a prophetic word about a shift in season, a brand new era. Not just a, a, not just a short season, but this is a new era where things will never be the same again. And I believe it's a divine kairos moment for us to begin to, to travail and to decree, to speak. The reason we've called this conference Speak is I believe prophetically the Lord is imploring us to wake up and start using the keys, the weapons of our warfare that he's given us to take the ground that he has already prepared for us. He's gone before us to make straight our paths, but we've got to do the run. He's going to give us the supernatural power, the supernatural uh, manifestations that he wants to manifest through us, but we have to make the choice to get up, to gird up our loins and to run with him. Hallelujah. You know, Elijah, he heard it. He heard it before he spoke it. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear the Father saying. God is looking for us to hear it and to see it so that we can say it. You know, we speak about this a lot, but... When Abraham, when the Lord spoke to Abraham, Abram at the time didn't have any children. And he said, you're going to be the father of many nations. He said, I want you to picture it. I want you to see it. I want you to see all the stars. Look up at the stars, Abram. I want you to look. And can you count them? He was saying, as many as these stars are, are going to be your descendants. He was trying to get him to see it, to picture it with his sanctified imagination so that he could speak it. And then he said, I'm going to call you from now on Abraham. And so Abraham began to call himself, calling those things that be not as though they are, call himself father of many nations. God wants us to see it and to say it. And then he wants us to uh, be deliberate to be recognizing what the Lord is saying, hearing what he's saying and speaking it. I mean, I've done this 
over and over, God has taught me what it looks like to, to be obedient to what he's saying. When you hear the word, to be obedient and to, and to speak what he's saying. I remember being in a Methodist meeting years ago and I heard God, I heard it, I heard these words, crunch, crunch. And it's a Methodist meeting where I'm trying to be a little bit less out there. But I knew when I hear the Lord say something, you know, I'm to do what I hear, say what I hear the Father's saying. So I just said it, crunch, crunch. <laughs> this woman a few rows back gets all excited. She says, oh, oh, excuse me. I said, what is it, sweetheart? She said, when you said crunch, crunch, my twisted hip went crunch, crunch. She says, I think I'm healed. <laughs> whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever you see the Father doing, whatever you hear him saying, do it. And the Lord wants us to begin to be deliberate, to see, to hear, and to say. You know, we have authority to speak creatively, we have authority to call those things that be not as though they are. I, we were, um, a few months ago, we were at Hope You See, and just during the break, a couple came up to me and said, do you remember us? And I said, no. <laughs> they said, seven years ago, we were in a meeting in Sydney, and um, we interrupted your meeting. I went, oh, I do remember you. It doesn't happen that often. And um, we had been in a meeting where there was amazing miracles happening. There was a gift of faith came in the room and just extraordinary miracles were happening. And they just interrupted. They came forward and they said, please, please, will you pray for our son? He's in hospital. And as I went to pray for them, I began, um, as I just went to, started to pray, I thought of John G. Lake and what he'd done in South Africa. And I began to, to intercede and I began to see their son in the hospital. And as I saw their son in the hospital, I laid hands on him and I decreed, I spoke healing in the name of Jesus. Well, and and. As I was in the vision, in the meeting, praying for his son, then we then spoke. I said, healing in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, they told me seven years later that, that at that very moment, their son who'd had lymphoma all the way through his body, tumors all through his body, end stage lymphoma, had been instantly healed and had not been sick since. Hallelujah. We have an authority to speak a word, but God is looking for us to be leaning on him, listening for his voice, leaning on him to hear what he's saying, to see what he's doing, and then to speak it, to decree it. You know, recently um, we were in Bathurst. Where's my Bathurst friends? We were in Bathurst and I, during the morning tea, country morning teas are wonderful, hallelujah, good cooking but I was speaking with a farmer, a beautiful farmer from Mudgee. And I said, how's it going? He said, well, we've had a little bit of October rain, but, but he said, um, 
it, it hasn't been enough. And the drought has been so bad, we're spending $7,000 a week on feed. And then he began to tear up saying, I'd hoped to be able to pass this farm on to my son. And it just reminded me that we, we in the city often don't realize the effects that drought has. But they're suffering in our nation. We have an authority, a governmental authority to travail, to speak, and to decree. Tonight, I want us to make a, a governmental decree that tonight I want you to begin to get a picture of this land with soaking rain that is going to be drought-breaking rain all through New South Wales, all through Victoria, all through Queensland, all through uh, uh, the Northern Territory, ACT and Western Australia, that there would be drought-breaking rain, an abundance of rain that would be a blessing, not a curse. Hallelujah. We don't want, we don't want damaging floods, but we want drought-breaking, heavy rain that is sustained because I believe the Lord wants to bring a bumper harvest naturally and spiritually in our nation. Amen. So we're going to do that together. I want you just right now, if you'd stand with me, I want you to get a picture of our nation in Australia. I want you to see it. I want you to picture a map of Australia. I want you to see what it looks like. And I want you to begin right now just to start to travail, start to intercede in the Holy Ghost. We're gonna pray for our nation. Henda masa, Papa. Papa, we love our nation. God, you love our nation. You said that we could speak to the mountain and be removed. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we come and we speak to this drought right now in the name of Jesus. And we say, drought, be ended, be broken. We speak to the skies. We say, rain, come on the thirsty land. Rain, come on the farmer's lands. Rain, come, break the drought in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the rain. We decree rain in our nation. Rain in our nation. Come on, I want you to decree it right now with me. Rain, rain, drought breaking rain. Rain comes to our nation now in the name of Jesus. Drought breaking rain. Drought breaking rain in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, lift your voices. I want you to declare it. Drought breaking rain. Drought breaking rain. There's an abundance of rain. An abundance of rain coming to the nation of Australia. Drought breaking rain. Drought breaking rain. Drought breaking rain. In the name of Jesus, an abundance of rain. We decree the rains, Lord, in the name of Jesus. 
spring rains, record-breaking spring rains in the name of Jesus throughout the regions, in the name of Jesus. Life-giving rain, Papa, that we'd be a blessing to our nation. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Papa. We're going to pray for some people in just a few minutes. <laughs> but I believe there's, for those who have ears to hear, there is an invitation for you to begin to travail and to speak. Not to pray as orphans, not to pray as people who are trying to twist the, will, the arm of the Father, but to pray like Jesus and the Holy Spirit are praying, in perfect harmony with the will of the Father, coming into agreement with the conversation that's going on in heaven. Jesus is interceding for you at the right hand of the Father. He's not begging. He's not trying to change the, the will of the Father. He's already uh, decreeing the will of the, of the Father. God's wanting us as the people of God to start decreeing, to start interceding, to start travailing, to getting a, a revelation of what the will of God is that we might decree it and see it established in the earth. We need to be a people who are praying for our leaders, not just hoping, not just complaining, not just speculating, but decreeing and shifting things governmentally. Hallelujah. Can you imagine what it would look like if every member of the body of Christ started to step up into their divine governmental authority and started to use this power? You can take a seat again for a minute. Ephesians 1, there's a prayer there about the revelation, revelation knowledge by the Holy Ghost, enlightening the eyes of our understanding and the knowledge of Him that we may know the hope of our calling, the riches of our glorious his glorious inheritance in us, the saints, and the greatness of the power toward us who believe. <clears throat> Straight after that, in Ephesians 2, it talks about being seated in heavenly places, as you read on, it, being seated in heavenly places with him. You know, I believe as we engage in relationship with God, God is wanting to release to us a fresh revelation of the hope of our calling, of the riches that we are as his inheritance in the saints and the greatness of the power toward us who believe, that we would start to take our place seated at the right hand of the Father and stop begging, stop hoping that something would happen and start decreeing and, and ruling and reigning as he has asked us to do to start speaking to the storms, to start praying and not giving up when we don't see it the first time, the second time, the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time, the sixth time, but we continue to travail knowing what the will of God is. Hallelujah. I believe there's people who've been discouraged. There's been people who've been, uh, you've been feeling like giving up. I tell you, the Lord wants you to know that there is a sound of the abundance of rain. Before we start to pray for people tonight, I just want to give you an opportunity though. I never like to miss a meeting without giving this opportunity. Now God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you will believe that Jesus Christ came 
He who knew no sin became sin so that you could become the righteousness of God in Christ. As you receive the gift that he wants to give you, that is the gift of forgiveness, the gift of mercy, and you exchange your sin, your shame, your guilt for his forgiveness and his mercy. If you'll humble yourself and receive the gift that you can have no part in earning. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. He'll come into your life, make you new on the inside. And that supernatural indwelling of his spirit will empower you to live like him. He'll teach you what it looks like to be like him. He'll teach you revelation of your new identity in him. He not only takes away your sin, but he gives you a brand new heart, a new identity. But it happens through an act of our will where we choose to be in relationship with him. True love is free. If you're here tonight and you say, yeah, I I want to respond to the mercy of God. I want to choose to respond to this great gift of salvation. I want Jesus to be my Lord. The Bible says that if you will confess him before men, he'll confess you before his Father who's in heaven. And the Bible also says that all of heaven rejoices over one that repents and turns to Jesus. If you're here tonight and you know in your heart you haven't made that deliberate choice to cross the line and say, Lord, I want you to be my God. I wanna receive you as my Savior, the one I need. When you say I, need, I receive you as Savior, you're acknowledging that you need him. If you'll humble yourself and receive what you can have no part in earning, God will come and he will make his life, his home within you, and you will be joined to him as his family. If that's you tonight and you say, yes, I wanna respond to the mercy of God, I wanna be born again, I wanna receive salvation tonight, I'd love you just to wave your hand at me and I wanna pray with you before we pray for anybody else. Is there anyone here? Yes, I see your hand, that's beautiful. Is there anyone else that says, yes, that's me? God will see it, that's so powerful. Is there anyone else that says, yes, that's me? I wanna receive Christ's forgiveness. I wanna receive the mercy of God. I want to be joined to him. I want to, I want to acknowledge that he is the Lord and that I need him as my savior. Is there anyone else here that says, yeah, that's me? Just let me see your hand. Yes, I see you, God bless you, God bless you. It's beautiful, yes, God bless you. Is there anybody else that says, yeah, that's me? Hallelujah, that's so wonderful. You know what, your father is so excited about this because before you were ever born, hallelujah. He longed for and waited and desired for the day that you would choose to love him back. He longs to to be with you. He longs to show you his love. Is there anybody else that says, yes, that's me. I'd love to pray with you tonight. Is there anybody else that says, yeah, I want that tonight. Hallelujah. Well, if you just raised your hand, I'd love you to, to take a step of faith right now 
and to come out because I want to lay hands on you and I want to pray with you and I want to agree and celebrate with you that this day is the beginning of a brand new day for you, that this day is the beginning of eternal life for you. Would you come? Would you come? Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.